Hey everyone, how you doing? This is Simon Green, the Green Bay Packers all-time leading rusher, and you're listening to The Average Cheese, hosted by Dell and Todd, two lifelong Packer fans talking about their favorite team, the 13-time champion, Green Bay Packers. Go Pack Go! Welcome to episode 39 of the Average Cheese Podcast. I'm Dale Lobel. Uh, Peter Jones is with me live. This will be a compilation of many of our thoughts between Thursday and today is what? Saturday on the Aaron Rodgers debacle. Uh, thanks to Dwight at ddgcustoms.com and Rhonda at RM Management. Appreciate both of you. You are going to be paying a lot of money. They don't know this. If they're listening, they know now because I cussed a lot on Thursday. And even if I cut it out of the episode, I'm going to leave it in the cuss jar. So far, I'm up to $7.25. And since we're talking about Aaron Rodgers still, it's probably going to go a lot higher. Very good day for Habitat for Humanity. There's about 10 minutes or so from Thursday, and then we'll cut it back to Saturday. Yeah, I mean, it seems to be dominating the headlines, right? I mean, you flip on any any news outlet that is even somewhat plugged into the sports world, and all you hear is Aaron Rodgers is leading the Packers. Well, here's what I think. I think that networks like ESPN, CBS Sports, and all that, I think they need to create some type of buzz for their ratings, right? I mean, everybody knows that the you know the draft is like one of those big long shows, right, where you can just get a lot of viewing, a lot of revenue, right? So it's like a big thing on the calendar for all these networks. I think that they used by kind of they made such a big deal out of this Jeopardy thing, and then you kind of throw in the fact that it was pretty convenient that he got married, right? I mean that that was another kind of like little drama headline too, and it was like the perfect setup. Like going into the draft, it's like, how are we going to create this kind of buzz for our ratings? No better way than to just make up just rumors, really. They have no no quotes from Aaron Rodgers. It's like sources inside the, the organization have said this and that. And it's just all Dan Orlovsky is an idiot. I, I can't stand I he. And just so you know, Dan. You're talking right at Dan right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm talking at Dan Orlovsky. Well, if you're supposed to be this like high speed expert, right, on ESPN, the most the biggest sports network anywhere, you should have some credentials. He sucked. Yeah, he played what two years at the Lions. <laughs> yeah, I mean Rogers threw more touchdowns by week four this year than he did in his career. <laughs> I think mean, he had like I, I looked it up. He had like 15 touchdowns and 13 picks. <laughs> at least like oh, he was talking some mad he, he always does but like he was talking some mad shit you know he's like well i don't really know goody but and it's like again you're talking shit like you've never right. met Goost, but you're gonna talk shit about him you're, you're gonna talk about things that he's thinking about and like all this other stuff you've never met the fucking man the amount of crazy shit that is out there is ridiculous it's it's ridiculous I mean, I have not been off of Twitter today, which 
is probably a stupid thing to do on a day like today, especially when that bomb dropped at about, what, three o'clock central today. It hit the news and I got so many texts. Did you see this? Yes, I did see this. And it's all (laughs) fucking nonsense. It's all nonsense. There is no way that Aaron Rodgers gets traded. I mean, how can that possibly happen? His cap hit is like $38 million. Where are the Packers going to get $38 million under their cap? His dead cap would be $38 million if they traded him today. That doesn't happen. But then I'm getting texts like, here's one. According to Mark Schlereth, Aaron Rodgers to Denver is as close as a done deal could be. How the fuck is that? They just traded for Teddy Bridgewater like yesterday. What? I used to like Schlereth too. The whole thing. I mean, unless there's, I don't know what I need to do if, if, if this actually happens in some godforsaken way. But if it actually happened, I need to like publicly shame myself or so. I, I mean, do something <laughs> because there's just, I don't know. There's just no way. The only thing I could say that gives me any type of indication that there is a chance was like, if anyone before the last season would have told me that Brady would go to the Tampa Bay and win another Super Bowl and Gronk was a big part of the, the game, I would have bet my life savings that there's no fucking way that would ever happen. But my point is, stranger things have happened. I guess you just never know. And then if you believe the things that have come out in social media, they've offered Rodgers a contract extension. That has been talked about today, that the Packers offered Aaron Rodgers a contract extension and he turned it down. So whatever that means... There's also no facts that he did turn it down, or is there? Right. That's the thing. Right? Everybody's there, That's the thing. Is everyone's like, well, he turned it down. It's like, well, maybe he's sitting on it with his agent. Oh, how the f- I mean, nobody knows any of this shit. It's just all real made up conjecture at this point. They needed a story to bust out with the draft and get the ratings going. So just for the hell of it, I thought, because I was late to this whole news thing. But then I thought, well, you know, I'll just, I'll click over to a, uh, some other news outlets like CBS Sports and stuff and same shit. I mean, I, I was like, oh man, it's everywhere. Everybody, everybody's running with the same story, the same headline. Right. Everybody's scrambling to find that breaking little news tidbit that comes yeah. out. The sad thing is that they know it works and it will work. Yes. It will work. You did a graph of like, I don't know how you could see like how many people were tuned in during the different picks of the draft. I mean, obviously number one through whatever 10 is going to be off the charts. Right. But usually, you know, they start to drift off, but when they come to 29, it's going to spike right the fuck back up again. Yes. Cause everyone's going to want to see what the Packers are going to do right around this ridiculous story. And maybe I'll eat my words and I will, I'll, I'll come on and eat them. But I just think it's ridiculous. The reality of it is he's either going to play for green Bay or he's not going to play. This is the whole Brett Favre situation all over again. It's the exact same scenario. I'm just going to say it. This is a 100% dick move by Aaron Rodgers and his camp. I believe this was re- it was leaked by them. And I think it was them doing it for a reason on this day. Whoever the Packers draft right now, the first question out of their mouths is going to be, what do you think about the Aaron Rodgers thing? Not... Hey, congratulations for being drafted 29th or whatever overall and starting your NFL career. It's going to be about Aaron Rodgers. I'll bet you 25 cents that's going to happen. And it's fucking bullshit. I'm going to light it up tonight, Peter, and I'm only drinking soda right now.
Orange soda. Why are the, why are the freaking Jaguars on the clock? Why do they are have they? to be on the clock? What well, are just, they waiting I, for? I guess they're talking to the Packers, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so they're going to trade. All jokes aside. Trevor Lawrence is going to the Packers. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what else they would give you, though. Like, first-round draft picks till the end of time? Well, they'd have to, wouldn't they? They'd have to give you, like, the next three number ones and and the number two this year. And yeah. I don't know. That I might be able to get down with. But the whole As long as he would go to the AFC, okay. I'm relatively okay with that. But the 49ers, oh, no. You don't get to go play with Shanahan and a good, really good defense and be able to beat us every year. My suspicion with Rodgers is that is that there'll be no trade. There can't uh, be, right? I, I think that the Packers are going to – I think they're going to call it – I think in essence, they're going to call his bluff, and so they should. They trade him, Peter, with the cap, the dead cap they would have. How would that even work? No, I mean, the, the Packers would have to immediately release a bunch of guys. Dean Lowry would be off the roster tomorrow, I think. If I mean, that'd be one ooh, ooh. <laughs> But that's, that's not a tempting. sacrifice that's, I'm willing to make. That's, <laughs> it's tempting. tempting. It's not enough. Yeah. It's not enough. <laughs> what you're saying is we, they should throw in Dean Lowry and Tyler Lancaster as part of the deal. They have Send to. them along with Rodgers. They have to do that. <laughs> you're going to have to eat some shit. Says Jordan Love demands trade. Breaking news. If he's going, I'm going. Love (laughs) refuses to hold the clipboard for anyone else. (laughs) I've calmed down from where I was about three hours ago. It's for this very reason, right? It's for this attitude stuff that Rodgers has. It's for this very reason that they drafted Jordan Love last year, right? Because this shit with Rodgers is waiting to happen every (laughs) single... Oh, yeah, I swore. You did. (laughs) I got you, though. <laughs> you, so you guys are rubbing off on me. The, this this shit with Rogers is waiting to have did it again. Is is waiting to happen every, every single year. Think that that is the biggest reason that they drafted a quarterback last year is that they just can't put up with it. So every time Rogers hurts his fingernail, he gets upset about shit. He's not the GM. He's not the head coach. He doesn't run the ball club. He's a quarterback that goes out there and plays with the players he's given to play with, with a $56 million signing bonus along the way. It severely pisses me off, I have to say. It really, really makes me angry. And nobody's denying that he's a great player and has been one of the greatest quarterbacks in the history of the league. Nobody can deny that. Nobody can ever take that away from him, and nobody ever should. But this constant stuff about, I need more weapons, I need this, I need that, it just... It just grates on you all the time. And this this stuff today, I have no doubt in my mind that Rogers or his team, his agent, have leaked this stuff today deliberately on draft day because the Packers have got nothing to gain by doing it. But Rogers has done it deliberately today to cause complete and utter chaos and to try and force a trade. Because you know he's playing this year. Nobody's given that money back. I, I said the exact same thing, Peter. Uh, his it, camp it, it, leaked this shit today, 100%. Yeah, and- I'm a strong believer that it's for this, for the personality stuff, that's the very reason that they felt they had to draft another quarterback. Rightly or wrongly, that's what they felt because they knew that this type of thing was going to happen every single year that he got upset. Get on and play. Get, get, or get, don't. Get on and play. Yeah. It just, and like I say, it's so difficult because he's one of the greatest quarterbacks that's ever played this game. No question. Yeah. You know, 
You know, you've got a whole bunch of players that have just had to extend their contracts without getting any extra money. What more is it you want? Bakhtiari's just signed a new long-term deal. Kenny Clark signed a... What is it? What more do you want? Because the Packers can only give so much it. Pour it on the board. What's that? Yeah, go for it on board down, is that what you said? <laughs> but that goes yeah. to Aaron Rodgers' ego too, actually. They go, it's the same vein. Emmanuel Acho today got on, and everybody's got a fucking opinion today, of course, about Aaron Rodgers. The Packers have wasted his career. I mean, oh, oh great, great. We haven't heard that ever before. That is the first time I've ever heard that take. And he said... The only time the Packers have ever won a Super Bowl is when they've had a top five defense. Okay, Emmanuel, that's right. But we talked about it on the last show. The last time the Packers drafted an offensive player before Jordan Love was Derek Sherrod. So the Packers have drafted first round picks on defense for like almost 10 consecutive years. What else can you do? And the other thing is you can turn that argument around and say, so what you're saying to me is that no matter how great my quarterback is, I can't possibly win Without unless, I've got a top, unless I've got a top five defense. Then I won't bother with getting a great quarterback. I'll just put everything I've got into, into defense and I'll get a Tom Brady type to run my offense or whoever, whoever it might be. Yeah. And Jones. It, yeah. I think the saddest thing, the very saddest thing about it all is that it's all of this has happened on draft weekend. It's not dissimilar to last year. Whatever anybody thinks about the drafting of Jordan Love, last year's draft then became about a story about the reaction of Aaron Rodgers to the Packers draft, rather than about the individual players that were, that were drafted. So we've got a lot to talk about, but I'm... And I hope the therapy of being able to vent your frustration is even more helpful. What do they say on Frasier, that show that was used to be on, like... I'm listening. And I'll throw the quarters in for you as long as you don't go too far, sir, because I only got a limited <laughs> quarter supply. And I know that like the two you had from Thursday is more than you've ever had in combined in, in, in all the shows. So I feel like I'll be all right. And it really has overshadowed the Packers draft. And I know we will talk about the draft next week and grade out all these players, but it's been a pretty good draft. If you take away the Aaron Rodgers stuff, Packer fans would be, I think, very happy with what the Packers have done this weekend. But now it's this whole mess. And I will say that while Aaron Rodgers has people in his camp, quote unquote, as far as Packer fans go, we've been through this mess before, Aaron, and you were on the other side of it. And I don't know if you remember it very well. Clearly you fucking don't because you wouldn't be doing this. You're not going to come out the winner in this. Packer fans are Packer fans. We love you, Aaron Rodgers, until you're no longer a Packer. And then you can go fuck yourself. That's how it's going to go. Because that's how it went with Brett. I know I said it, episode zero or whatever. My ex-mother-in-law, my mother-in-law, whatever, I gave my kids Favre Viking jerseys and Favre Jets jerseys, and they never wore them, ever. Not one time in my presence. I am a Packer fan, and I love you, Aaron Rodgers. And I doted all over you for an entire season last season. But the minute you're no longer a Packer fan, I don't love you quite as much. We all have our different stages of Packer fandom and different reasons for following the Packers. You know, obviously people from Wisconsin or around the area, obvious reasons. And then we all have different 
you know, different reasons. For some of us, it's about history and people that we get to know. And for other people, it's about finding a favourite player at that time, brings them to that team. Clearly, there's a number of fans who have never known anything other than Aaron Rodgers being the Packers quarterback. Some of those people will, be, will have become Packer fans because of Aaron Rodgers. And I think for them, that it becomes extremely hard then to detach the two things, if you like, because they've not known any different. And that doesn't make them any less of a fan, by the way. That's not, right. what, not, what this, not what this is about at all. It's just different perspectives. And I think when you've seen it happen before with Favre, and then you realise, you know, at some point you go through bells of not so great quarterback play, shall we say, whether that's Randy Wright or He's Don Mikowski or who, whoever it might be, you know, they're still our quarterback. They're still the Packers quarterback and we're rooting for them come what may but we also understand that the next guy up whether that's Jordan Love whether that's the guy after Jordan Love he may not be a Hall of Fame quarterback the chances are he won't be a Hall of Fame quarterback right. but, you know we're going to live and die with him whoever that guy is and I think it's difficult to in in this whole situation that we've got with Rogers that we'll delve into but I think one of the things that we have to try and do and it's unfortunate that we have to do it because you really don't want to have to do it but you have to try and separate the player from the personality in this situation. Nobody can argue that he hasn't been a great player. He's one of the greatest players, one of the greatest quarterbacks that's ever played this game. It doesn't matter whether we think Rodgers is better than Favre or Favre was better. It doesn't matter. And I will defend his ability on the field. However, in this situation, you also have to look at the personality and you have to look at where is all of this stuff that's come out this weekend? Where has it all come from? Why is it all out there? Does this go back to the drafting of Jordan Love, as everybody seems to be talking about? Or is this a lot deeper? And I absolutely believe this goes back years, absolute years. What we're beginning to get here is a little bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy in that my belief is that too many guys have come out, whether that's Greg Jennings, whether that's all of the other names and basically said, and I'm paraphrasing, that there have been some kind of issues and problems. Now, you can dismiss one or two of those, but when it's five guys, when it's six guys, when it's seven guys, when it's 10 guys, you begin to get a pattern. We also see a falling out of some kind with Mike McCarthy. Again, none of us are right in that room to know who's right or wrong in those situations. But what I will say is that in press conferences, after games, and I think specifically of the Buffalo game a few years ago that the Packers won in a shutout, Aaron Rodgers' comments about the offense in that game were, in my view, not good. That stuff that should have been said behind closed doors. I don't have any issue with somebody not agreeing with people they work with, people they work for. The place to have that discussion is behind closed doors. Right. And even if the media ask you a question that leads you in a certain way, most players, most people and Aaron Rodgers certainly are intelligent enough not to fall into the trap of answering those questions. And so my belief is that what we've got happening here is a self-fulfilling prophecy. There has been discord, disquiet, discomfort within the organization around Aaron Rodgers and his dealings with the organization for a number of years. And again, we're not a party to what's going on inside. So there may be fault on both sides. There may be fault on one side. I don't know. What I will say is my view has always been that the Packers felt 
pushed into a corner eventually that it was time to pick Roger's replacement because they could not consistently deal with this potential, in their view, and it doesn't matter whether they're right or wrong because it's their view, potential was that this stuff could explode at any time, whether it's a contract issue, whether it's an issue with another player, whether it's I don't like the GM, whether it's he falls out with Matt Lafleur, whatever it might be, that that stuff could blow up at any time. And as an organisation, whether it's a sports organisation, an organisation in business, in the corporate world, eventually you have to look down the road and say, I cannot continue to deal with this. The organisation has to make a decision at some point that says, we will move on. You know, the guy's not playing till he's 78. So we will move on at some point. My view is what's happened this weekend has vindicated, absolutely vindicated the Packers' choosing of a quarterback last year. And we could argue whether Jordan Love's the right guy or the wrong guy. That's not what this is about. This isn't about Jordan Love himself in any shape or form. No organisation can countenance what's happened this weekend. And I believe, I strongly believe, that the Packers knew that eventually this type of thing was going to happen. The organisation has to be responsible for the organisation, not just this year, not just next year, but in five years' time, in 10 years' time, in 110 years' time. No player is bigger than this organisation. That's not unique to the Packers. If this were a big corporate, if this were Microsoft, if this were Apple, if this were any one of those big corporates, eventually they would say, you're an absolutely wonderful at what you do, but what you do is what you do. You're not the GM. You don't do this role. You don't tell us who you can put in management positions. And we're certainly not going to sit here and guarantee that in five years' time, you'll have the job that you've got today. No organisation can do that. Nobody in the sports world can do that. And nobody in the corporate world can do that. It would be fantastic if we could. If I'm really honest, I'm surprised that anybody's surprised. So I've heard a lot of things. And we follow what? About 500 on our Twitter account. We follow about 500 Packer fans. Of those 500 who have voiced their opinion in the last three days, I'm going to say it's probably about seven or eight to one that Aaron Rodgers can go fuck himself. And I am stunned by that. I thought it would be in the other direction because when Favre did his thing, it was Favre is right. The Packers are wrong. But I think because this isn't our first rodeo, we know how this story goes. I don't want to get too far into Aaron Rodgers' personal life, but if you look back at things, you start to see, like, he didn't talk to his family. Like, there's a lot of things out there that make him look like he may or may not be a difficult person to deal with. Many of the greats are regardless of sport they are full of themselves and it's what makes them elite they believe so highly in themselves that that that's how they get to this spot in their life and and that's absolutely right and that's something that we can't overlook that's very often the edge between people who are athletically the same those guys that have the edge guys and girls that have the edge in the sport in which they do it's because they've got something extra up here a toughness, an ego, whatever it is that just gives them that extra, extra edge. Absolutely. The other thing I wanted to say that came up in my brain as you were talking is I don't think that Aaron Rodgers directly got Mike McCarthy fired. I don't think he was able to go to the organization and say, fire Mike McCarthy, and they fired him because Aaron Rodgers said so. 
But after the NFC Championship game, and I said this on our show and on Acme too, you start to see a pattern. When the Packers were throwing it all over the place, when Mike McCarthy was the head coach, you start to blame the head coach. But then it happened again in the NFC Championship game, and you start to think, hmm, is Aaron Rodgers taking this thing into his own hands and calling pass plays or calling out-of-run plays because he thinks he's bigger than the organization. I think it really goes along with what you were saying. And that is a scary, scary spot to be in as an organization. Because Brian Gutekunst or Mark Murphy, they are the organization. They are the people making the decisions to the organization. Should you ask Aaron Rodgers' opinion? I think you should, but it's his opinion. And it has to be said, or at least it has to be understood, that Aaron, we want your input, but there are times we're going to take your input and say, nope, that's not what we're doing. The organization is going to do X, because like you said before, the organization is bigger than you. Not only is the organization bigger than you, it's been around since 1919. And hopefully, if the NFL is a thing in 2119, it will still be around as an organization. I think the point that you raise about getting input is absolutely right. And again, you know, I liken this to the corporate world. Good managers will always try and get input from smart people that they've got around them. That's part of good management. No one person in any walk of life has all the answers to all the questions. What good managers do is they surround themselves with good people and they take their input. But they take their input on the understanding that I'm not just going to do something because you think it's a good idea. And there are always reasons that are above and beyond the knowledge of the people that you get input from. The employee of the Packers tell Mark Murphy what he can do or can't in terms of the expansion around Lambeau Field because they don't have the complete picture. They don't know perhaps what the long-term plan is or what, what the financial situation is, et cetera, et cetera. That applies all across the board. You can ask a player for, for input about other players potentially, not hopefully not ones on the same team, input about free agents that you may be looking at and that kind of thing. But that's not the only input you're getting. And the view of one person, whilst it might be a very fair view from their point of view, there might be 10 other people that are telling a completely different story about that in individual, good or bad. If we're talking about the draft, Aaron Rodgers has no idea or had no idea. Now he has an idea how good Jordan Love is or is not. But before he set foot on a practice field in Green Bay, there is no way that Aaron Rodgers has any idea how good any of those college players are, including Jordan Love? Absolutely not. You know, I was thinking more about potential free agents in the league and stuff that they will have played with. Or You're absolutely right. I, I just don't, don't foresee a situation where you're talking about draftees, unless for some reason you happen to know that that guy knows the guy because yeah. they happen to live in the same town or, they, you know, their families are from the same town right. and you just want to get some extra info about... That I get. You're absolutely right. When it comes to knowledge of a guy's playing prowess, particularly, and this is the other thing that you you know we have to take into account, the guy you're talking about might be brilliant in one system, but actually our plan going forward is to run a completely different system. Perhaps that's what's going to happen with the defense this year. I don't know. So that just makes it doubly harder to get somebody's input about whether this guy's a fit for what for this team. There's a line between 
giving input when you're asked, using your level of leadership and experience within the organization. And as you get more experience with working with the same people, you know where that line is. You actually know at what point do I have to be asked or can I just go and say, Brian, you know, have a quick word about. And you get to know that when you're in an organization for a long time. And don't take it personally if they decide to go in a different direction. Because at the end of the day, that's their job. That's not your job. That's what they get paid for. They get paid to send scouts out to all of these schools, et cetera, et cetera. Any individual player, if you said to them, well, how many scouting trips have you been on then? And the answer is probably less than one. (laughs) I think it's an important line, an important distinction to draw between input when it's wanted, input when it's asked for, input through your own experience. There's a line that says, A, that doesn't mean we have to follow what you say just because you said it. And B, and I think this is just as important, all of that input stays within the organisation and never, ever, ever comes out. Because if you allow the situation where stuff gets out into the media, where stuff's in the media, we can only surmise where that's come from. We don't know, but we can draw our own conclusions however it is that stuff should never ever ever get out into the media you don't try and manage a relationship in public because once stuff's out there it's out there forever whatever difficulties there are whatever side they're on and i hate to call it i even hate to call it sides it shouldn't be sides it should be two halves of the same whole or whatever it is All of that stuff should be discussed in private, dealt with in private, and you can shout and scream at each other in private. But the moment you walk outside that door and shut that door and you walk out of that room together, you have a united front. You get the feeling that there's no going back because stuff's out there. When that happens, feelings get badly hurt, again, on both sides, trying not to prejudge he said this, he did that, they did this. But feelings get badly hurt and stuff gets said that should never get said. Where do we go from here? Things get remembered. It could be the most innocuous comment coming out of your mouth in your vision of what you said. Like you said it and it's not that big of a deal. And the interpretation is whatever from the other side. You have two sides. You shouldn't, but you have two sides of this story. So Aaron Rodgers is on one side and the Packer organization is on the other. That's how this came out the way it did. And there's now going to be a rift. Brian Gutekunst, Mark Murphy, they have egos too. And they are not going to want to look bad in front of the media. And they're the ones that have to be out front. They got thrown into this circumstance, but they can't be quiet. Aaron Rodgers, no words. Nobody's heard anything. I saw that he was at the Kentucky Derby. Someone tried to interview him. He didn't have shit to say. And when you don't have shit to say, that means that some of this, I don't know what percentage, is true. And that's the thing. The silence speaks volumes, I'm afraid. You raised an important point about messaging. Messaging said is not always messaging received. And that's really important. But that's also another reason why it's done in private. We can bash this out in private. And ultimately, in any walk of life, there is a point where you can sit there across the table and say, you know what, we can't work this out. And we will agree that we're going to go our separate ways. We'll do our best, perhaps in this instance, 
to help you find another team. We'll work a track, whatever it might be. I'm not pointing fingers at one side or the other in, in what I'm talking about. There is a point in time where you just say, actually, you know what, guys, we probably can't fix this, can we? You want this, we can't give you that. We want to do this, but you don't want to do, et cetera, et cetera. And ultimately, at some point in you know, you just have to say behind closed doors, let's work a deal. Let's be positive publicly. Let's put out a statement if we have to that says, you know, we're grateful for the 16 years that you've spent here as the greatest quarterback that ever there was. Both parties now feel that it's time to move forward. We thank you for your service and we welcome you back to the Hall of Fame in five years time, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and move, and move on. But how can they do that? Let's talk in a practical sense right now. $38 million. That's the cap hit if yep. Aaron Rodgers was traded today. How do you even do that? Is there well, a possible way to do that? I don't think so. It's not quite as bad as it sounds. So the Packers are on the hook for 37 point something million for his contract anyway. So all that happens is there's a certain, some of that would disappear with the base salary going, but there's an acceleration of the future bonuses. It moves from 37 to 38. You pay 37, you have him, or you pay 38, and you don't have it. So the difference is one million. Unfortunately for the Packers, and this goes back to some of the messaging that we've seen over the last few days, some excellent stuff from the likes of Tom Silverstein and, and others. You know, you look at what the Packers have done this year with contracts and whatever else. The Packers salary caps just about used up. Even one million bucks is a lot at this moment in time. Now, once they get to the first of June, that cap hit splits between this year and next year. And that has to be conceivably the time to do it, which just makes the whole situation of it coming out this weekend even worse, because you can only believe that it coming out this weekend on draft weekend was a deliberate ploy to try and force a trade this weekend. Unfortunately, that seems like it just wasn't ever possible, A, because it would have to have happened quickly, but B, because of the cap situation. Packers would have had to have gone into next season with Jordan Love as the starting quarterback if they traded Aaron Rodgers or yeah. they're trading someone with a mediocre quarterback who doesn't have a $10 million salary, which another gigantic yeah. hit to the cap. So, I mean, I think June the 1st is the key date if it comes to that. What we may hear, or what we may hear in the coming weeks between now and June the 1st is that a deal has been agreed with another team, whoever that's team, whether that's Denver, that's the one that keeps cropping up, but with, with another team, that then becomes official on the 1st of June. So then we're getting Teddy Bridgewater... Is that what we're getting? <laughs> well, I mean, that's I mean, that's the strange thing about it. It's difficult, isn't it, from the outside looking in and trying to be as fair as possible. And I'm, I think whichever side of this thing, and I hate to use that word, so side in inverted commas, whichever side of this thing you sit on, it's really hard to try and be fair. You want to be fair and you want to understand, I, potentially, I don't know everything. I don't know all of the facts. I don't know who said what to whom at what, what point, whether some of it's been misunderstood, etc., but it certainly doesn't feel that way. If there was some huge misunderstanding, if I was involved in a huge misunderstanding like that, you would come out as quickly as you could to try and quash it. No, guys, you're just having a laugh. What's really happening is, is X, Y, and Z. And you'd probably talk to the other party before you even had that conversation. But the fact that that hasn't happened, the fact that Aaron Rodgers or his agents have not come out with anything. At the very least, I would say they're not doing themselves any favours in terms of a PR look. I don't know what the way forward here is. I don't know how strong the sides are. I have to say, if I were the Packers, and again, you don't want to take sides, but, but if you're sitting in the Packers organisation with your responsibility, don't forget, to the people that pay your salary, you're paid by your manager, 
is paid by his manager. You, that's who you are responsible to. And if I think if he sat in the Packers, I think I would take the view that the ball's in your court, Aaron. If you don't want to play, go ahead and retire. You're a long-time retired son. We retain your NFL rights if, if you ever think you're coming back. And yes, we know that any replacement that we get is not going to be as good as you are on the field. But we know that we've got to cross that bridge at some point anyway, whether that's this year, next year, two years' time, whatever it may be. And so I, I think the ball's in Rogers' court to come back to the table a little bit with the tail between his legs, have a man-to-man conversation. And I do then accept that even that might not fix the situation, but I, but I think that has to happen. And stop doing it through agents. If the issue is somehow between Rogers and Gooty, which it appears to be what people are floating out there, then the two of you sit down in a room and talk about it. And if you talk about it long enough and you still can't come to a conclusion, then we go back to where I was five minutes ago and we say, we accept that we can't fix this together. We divorce and move on. The other side of that is, is that how does he repair... Mercedes Lewis came back because Aaron Rodgers was the quarterback of the Green Bay Pack. There are other guys that have been taking, I don't want to call them pay cuts, but they've moved their money around to win because Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback. Aaron Jones took a stupid contract. As far as I'm concerned, he could have gotten a lot more money from somewhere else. You know that Aaron Rodgers being the quarterback of the Packers had something to do with that. So how does Aaron Rodgers now walk back into the locker room? If I'm Mark Murphy or Gutekunst, I say, then retire. I'm not trading you. I'm certainly not trading you to the 49ers. Yeah. Or somebody that can stop us from making it to the Super Bowl. And I'm not trading you to anybody unless we are getting a mint, a Herschel Walker type deal yeah. where yeah. we are going to be set for the next 10 years in the draft. And yeah. if no team is willing to do that, then you have two choices. Then if you do choose to come back, what are you going to do to make right with the guys in this locker room? Yeah, because I, that's I, most important. You don't have to get along with me, Brian Gutekunst, yeah. because I don't fucking care. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I don't play with you. You know, and that in itself is an important point. You know, we all work with people in life that you like some more than you like others. That's just the way of life. That's how life is. But you don't have to necessarily love people to, to do the job that you're, put, that you're paid to do and to work with them on a daily basis. Just get on with it. Just get on with it. Thing that you raise about the locker room, it's difficult to understand understand how that stuff can be repaired. I guess we don't know how the locker room, I hate even to say this, but whether the locker room splits into Rogers and non-Rogers or friends and non-friends and just others, because you have to know on a 53-man team or a 60-man team or a 75-man team, there'll be guys on that team that have hardly spoken to the bloke that sits over there because there's just too many people. But but it's difficult to imagine how that can be repaired. I hope that this isn't the case. My, my fear is that it is the case, but I hope that it isn't. The locker room hasn't started to split into factions. I hope that whatever the difficulties between Rodgers and the Packers stay as difficult as between Rodgers and the Packers and that other people aren't roped into it. My fear, because of personal relationships, is that other people do somehow start getting roped into stuff. And that then starts to make the role of the general manager and other people involved very, very difficult. And then you get into a complete power struggle. An organisation cannot countenance that. An organisation cannot be held to ransom. You know, my other issue with the contract stuff, the contract that he's playing on today is the contract that he signed. His agent 
And he signed off on two or three years ago when he signed the extension. I don't know whether the contract's really the issue here. I don't know. But if it is, sorry, but we're not in the situation of a guy that's on the last year of his deal. He's got three years left on that contract. I think it's pretty rich of anybody to sign a four or five or six year contract and then halfway through that contract, come and demand another one. That's what's happening. I don't know that that's what's happening. That's what some of the reports are, but I think that's quite poor. And I guess that brings me on to the next point, which is, and this is the frustrating thing for probably all of us sitting on the outside looking in, and we'll probably never know, and this is what's really frustrating. What is the exact beef? What is the exact problem? Is it the contract? Because there isn't a lot other than killing themselves with the cat that's already killed that they can do about that. They can do bits and pieces, but is that what the issue is? What are you going to do in a year's time if it's a problem again? Right. Is that what the issue is? Is the issue purely because Jordan Love was drafted? Well, what do you expect us to do now? That happened to you. What do you expect us to do right now? Or is the issue he simply doesn't like Guti or the front office? Because that's the other report that's coming out that he doesn't get on with anybody in the front office. But if that's the truth, then the thing's dead now because you can't fix that without getting rid of the whole front office. And then in a year's time, comes back, I don't like those people either. (laughs) And it just goes on and on and on. Nothing the Packers can do right now, no matter what the problem is, they cannot solve it. Is it we haven't given you enough talent, which is bullshit. I'm done with that argument because you hear that all the national guys, well, they've wasted Aaron Rodgers' career. He hasn't had a top five defense. Okay, well, you only get so many first round picks and you've all of them have been defensive players. All of them, except for Jordan Love. I mean, darn near all of them. But you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, yeah. what are you talking about? Did we hold on to Dom Capers too long? Dale says yes. Did we hold on to Mike Pettin too long? Todd will say yes. They brought in guys who they thought were better coaches and better players than they had on the roster right now. Did he have a number one receiver? No. Okay, that might be an argument. You look at all the first-round guys from last year, and this was supposed to be a great wide receiver draft last year, they didn't do shit. I, I need to jump in there right? because, because this one always winds me up. There's a team in the NFL that drafted a wide receiver in the first round in 1996, and that wide receiver was Terry Glenn, who later became a Packer for a year. God rest him. They drafted their second number one wide receiver in that spell in 2019. That team was the New England Patriots that won six Super Bowls in that period. So the whole argument about but you have to get wide receivers in, the, it's nonsense. There's a 53-man team for a reason. And that 53-man team adds up to a success, a failure, or to whatever record that you get. And if you have a whole bunch of those guys over there, that means you can't have a bunch of these guys over here. Packers drafted to try and fix the defense for a number of years. The fact that those players didn't fix the defense doesn't mean they weren't trying to. Sure, they got a number of them wrong. Absolutely. They didn't right. work out, whatever, whatever reason. But that doesn't mean they weren't trying to. People have short memories because I seem to remember Greg Jennings, Donald Driver, Jermichael Finley, Randall Cobb, James Jones, all being on the same roster at the same time. Maybe the greatest wide receiver room of all time. It'd yep. be hard-pressed to find a group that deep yep. on any team at any time in the NFL. And you can look through the career and you can pick out games and you can say, 
well, they should have done this and they should have done that. But, you know, you win as a team and you lose as a team. And absolutely, the quarterback is the most important player on the team. But there's two ways of looking at that, isn't there? If you lose with that most important player, then what does that say about that most important player? You can look at key games in the whole period. You know, there's lots of people that's, that, that are saying, well, they haven't got to another Super Bowl. Go and look at every single one of those NFC Championship games that Aaron Rodgers has played in. Even the one in Seattle, everybody looks at Brandon Bostick and says, oh, it's all his fault. The Packers' defense forced five turnovers in that game. Five turnovers. In the first half alone, the Packers' offense got the ball in Seattle territory, took over in Seattle territory and came away with field goals. Five field goals in that game. Scored six times, five of them were field goals. That's the reason you lost that game. Yes, we can point to what happened at the very end. You should have been out of sight. Long before, right. long before blowout, long before the fake field goal started bringing Seattle back into that game, that game should have been over. Five turnovers the Packers forced in that game, and it still wasn't enough. If you go to the other NFC Championship games, if you go to the game in Atlanta where the Packers were down something like twenty-three to nothing at halftime, or some score close to that, but then you look at the Packers' offensive drives in that first half: punt, punt interception, fumble, punt, interception. It's like, yeah, the defense wasn't great, but you know what? The defense isn't playing offense as well. And now I'll go to the San Francisco championship game two years ago when the 49ers running game ran all over the Packers. Now go and look at the Packers offense in the first half. Had something like 85 yards of offense on nearly 30 plays. Three and out, four and out. The offense has been a disaster, certainly in the first half of nearly every NFC championship game, not the past one, but the others that the Packers have played in in the last decade. And so you can point the finger all over. I guess the frustration that we're all feeling is we, we just we want this thing to be over, however it's going to be over. Whether it can be fixed, we can all hug each other and move on. Or whether if it can't be fixed, let's say quickly that it can't be fixed and, and we move on. And as a team, you know, from a Packers perspective, they have to know as soon as is possible how this is going. At some point, they have to know whether or not Aaron Rodgers is their quarterback in the 2021 season. The whole planning thing is dependent on this situation almost more than any other situation could be. He's your starting quarterback. This is a great football team. What are you trying to get away from, Aaron? Are you trying to go, go to Denver? They don't have the team that Green Bay does. You go to the Raiders, they don't have the team that Green Bay does. You go to San Francisco, I will say it too. They have a great defense, but they don't have the players that Green Bay does. So if you're trying to move because you don't like Brian Gutekunst, are you fucking serious? Like, think a little bit. Think a little bit about the roster you have. Absolutely the issue. It's so difficult to sit here and work out. It can't possibly be about the roster. They've just gone to two NFC Championship games, you know, and we can talk about all pro tackles and all pro centers that Corey Lindsley was before he just moved on. And you've got the number one receiver in the league. You've got one of the best running backs in the league that's just had multiple 1,000-yard seasons. You've got possibly the number one corner in the league, one of the best nose tackles in the league, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right. What, right? Do you, what more do you want? If it's a roster thing, I can't imagine what it is because there aren't enough balls to go around on offense, for starters. Right. Well, exactly what it is on offense do you want? And this is the important part. Explain to me how I get that piece that you think we should have with the money that we've got. If you are insistent that, you, that we need to get, let's just throw – you know, we need to get George Kittle. This team's missing George Kittle. I've got to pay George Kittle 15 million bucks a year, whatever that number is. Tell me amongst all of your teammates, where, who are those that I should be moving on 
to get that $15 million? Because it's easy to sit there and say, we can all do that. All of that stuff comes at a cost. Don't just give me another problem. If you're kind to me, give me the solution. And the solution, Peter, almost every time is Aaron Rodgers makes $37 million a year. If you want Antonio Brown, okay, Antonio Brown last year, I didn't want him, but let's say we did. He cost $6 million. Okay, Aaron, you take it out of your own pocket because that's where it has to come from. It can't come from these other guys. Is the issue the contract thing? What is it you want in your contract that you don't have today? I heard that Aaron Rodgers is trying to create the NBA-type contract in the NFL, where the salary cap hits are not as great, where guys can be traded, almost like the Kirk Flood thing. like the You know what I mean in baseball? Like He's trying to be Kirk Flood in baseball, where he's going to create a different system for NFL players going forward. I don't believe that to be true because I think Aaron Rodgers is a little bit selfish and I don't think he's really trying to do that. But that's what I've heard as one of the ideas. I don't get any of that. An NFL player's contract is very structured. The CBA has a standard contract in it, right? They're very structured, those contracts. And the CBA is very specific about what can be in a contract, what cannot be in a contract. That's a CBA that signed a little over a year ago. There is no scope in that CBA to start having some really, really clever contract stuff. There is a point in time where, just like any of us would, where we're buying a house, where we're buying a car, or whatever it might be, we actually, I would love to have that Rolls Royce over there, but I can't afford it. You know, there is a point in time where you just can't afford, no matter how much I want it, <laughs> I can't have it. It's about value. It's about Actually, if I, if I go and buy two Ford Escorts, I can have something else over here as well. So I can have two Ford Escorts and a Kia. For my $37 million, what can I have? I can have one Aaron Rodgers, or I can have one Jordan Love, a Julio Jones, a George Kittle, and another. It doesn't necessarily make one right and one wrong, but I, ha- I have a choice. I can't have both. I can't have Aaron Rodgers and George Kittle. right? I can have this group, or I can have this one, but I can't have both of them. And maybe it's time for him to realize he's a better quarterback than Tom Brady all day long. You'll never convince me otherwise. Absolutely. Aaron Rodgers is not a better quarterback than Tom Brady. And I get it. Aaron Rodgers is not married to a multimillionaire that could hedge the money. But Tom Brady has taken very team-friendly contracts, and he has won six Super Bowls or seven or whatever the heck it is now. And that there is something to that. Not putting all your money into the quarterback position allows you to bring in guys to make your team better. There's a very simple correlation. No team has won a Super Bowl paying a quarterback more than 13 point something percent of its salary cap. San Francisco 49ers, Steve Young, 1994. So there's your number. 13.5%. Now, that will change over time. There will be another team that breaks that. But stands up because I only have so much to go around. I can't believe it's about money. That whatever team he goes to, they're eventually going to run into the same issue. If it's the other possibility that seems to be gathering some momentum today, which is him and Gooty don't get along. Him and Gooty don't get along. He doesn't seem to get along with the other people in the front office. That's not fixable, probably. 
I don't know why that's important. What do you need to do as the quarterback of any football team? I don't care if your name's Aaron Rodgers or if it's Andy Dalton. Why do you as the quarterback need to even have a conversation with the general manager? What does it do for you? Do you know what I mean? Like what on a daily basis, you don't need to talk to him. You're talking to the quarterback's coach. You're talking to your head coach. You're talking to the players on the field. You don't have to talk to the GM ever. I don't know whether the structure of the Packers organization now, with the GM and the head coach being on the same level, both reporting to Mark Murphy, whether that doesn't help. That doesn't help at all because you almost give an indication to the player that oh, I've got two people I can speak to if I want to. You have this danger of divide and divide and rule because you have this danger. And particularly in this situation, if Matt LaFleur really loves Aaron Rodgers and Rodgers has got a problem with Goody, now what we've got a situation is that LaFleur and Goody have got a problem. We can't have that situation. My fear, I guess, is that the Packers buckle. I fear that not because I want this outcome or I want that outcome. I fear it because you then open yourself up to it with every single player in the future, whether it's the quarterback, whether it's any other player, that the first time they get upset, that they wander into Mark Murphy's office and say, I really don't like that guy. I really don't like this guy. You know, this guy's a bit of a problem. And you start tittle-tattle and all kinds of all kinds of nonsense. You just, you just can't have it. You know, you couldn't have, for example... Packers made a good choice yesterday with, with Amari Rogers, right? I haven't yet heard the whole wide receiver group come out and complain the Packers have picked a wide receiver to take their job. We're going to see how it plays out, Peter. It's going to play out, I think, that June 1st date, I think, is going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting for us as podcasters and for everybody out there that loves the Packers. And the problem we are going to run into, and I hope it just goes away. Honestly, yeah. I would like it to the whole talk to die down, but you know it won't. It won't unless there's a bigger story that, <laughs> that yeah. comes Yeah, can but. someone else come out and start saying <laughs> they want to be traded? Russell Wilson talk, can that come back up again Because and take the win from this Aaron Rodgers thing? There's no solution. There's only going to be conjecture. There's only going to be people talking. Because the media works the way it does, you're always going to see someone trying to break a tidbit. Someone's source, you know, his source could be like fifth cousin down the road, heard something, even though they haven't talked to Aaron since 2007, yeah. you know, that Aaron is upset. And you know that if you know someone in the family tree or in the friend group, you're asking them questions because you want to know the answers. Like I say, where this all started is the saddest thing about all really is that we should be sitting here having conversations about Eric Stokes, about Amari Rogers, about Josh Myers, about those guys. And we're um, going to. We're going to stop talking about this. I hope that it has helped you a little, Peter, although I don't think it has. Looking at your face, I don't feel like you're, you're happier than you were when we started this conversation. Dale's therapy session. Yes. I I'm going to be coming back for more, Dale. All right. <laughs> So I'm going to stop it there. So thanks for listening to episode 39 where Peter and I ranted about Aaron Rodgers and his fucking mess that he's created. We appreciate all of you that listen and go pack go. Go pack go.